0: Welcome to another episode of tips with salsa talk tips and tales from the nonprofit community. I'm Craig Grella content marketer for salsa Labs. Today's episode is all about donor engagement. We're going to talk about gift matching programs end of year campaigns and the importance of donor stewardship. And if you're a nonprofit these are all very important topics and we've got an expert here with us to discuss them. And that brings us to our guest for this episode Iman Osagi client success manager with Double the Donation. Let's start with maybe a brief introduction of Double the Donation uh, so our listeners understand what it is that that you do and how it relates to what we're going to be talking about today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Craig. Really excited to uh, join this conversation. So Double the Donation is a leading matching gift provider. Um, we provide match and gift software for nonprofits of all sizes to identify first who their match eligible donors are, and then present those donors with the correct match and gift forms and guidelines, ultimately to streamline the match and gift submission process for donors so that um, the nonprofit could see those matching gift funds rolling in. Um, so it's all about making it easier for the donor, number one, and then number two, um, the nonprofit themselves.
0: So so that's maybe a great place for us to start. Uh, we write often about matching gifts uh, and double the donation, of course, uh, experts in matching gifts, but maybe let's take even a step back. I suspect some of our listeners know what it means, but we do get questions about matching gifts often. Maybe just give us a little bit of a, a background on what matching gifts are.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so matching gifts are a type of corporate giving. Uh, so when we, to make it as easy as possible, company is going to financially match a donation that their employee gives to a nonprofit. It's majority of the time will be a 501c3 nonprofit organization, um, ultimately doubling the uh, donation. So that goes towards that nonprofit. Um, And it's going to vary, you know, the. Company themselves they define their guidelines so they can define um, the type of nonprofit they will match the gift to so some non some um, companies will match towards educational nonprofits only or they may be more generous and expand those guidelines um, also the match ratio is going to vary but majority of the time, it will be a one-to-one match ratio. Some companies have a higher match ratio, um, ultimately, to increase the the gift to the nonprofit. And then uh, another guideline set by the company is the the type of um, employee that the company will accept the match and gift request from. So is the employee a part-time employee? Are they full-time? Are they retired? That's going to vary by company as well.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. So like a one-to-one match would be if the employee uh, wants to donate to their favorite nonprofit, maybe they give a hundred bucks and then the employer of that person, you know, whatever company that is, gives a hundred bucks as well. Yeah. Cool. I know, um, for people who really appreciate nonprofits and give to nonprofits, that can kind of be a really cool factor, say in getting a job or, or you know, figuring out where you want to work, knowing that your company supports nonprofits and and things like that. Um, so, your organization helps with the gift matching process, which, in my experience, has been one of the things that holds nonprofits up from actually starting the program. Maybe um, maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the things in your experience that you've seen that hold nonprofits back. Because I know sometimes there's some complexities with, with gift matching. And maybe you can talk about those things um, and then kind of how you help nonprofits get around that and make the process easier.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a... Um Definitely could discuss that. So, there are a lot of factors that hold nonprofits back, and it, um, I want to say it. Can be more complex as the nonprofit continues to grow in terms of size. Uh, the number one thing that, you know, early on when I joined Double the Donation, I often heard because I was dealing with typically nonprofits that just started or they're on the smaller size, they don't have the bandwidth um, to. Take that extra time out of their day-to-day activities with the nonprofit to now research companies that actually have these matching gift programs. Um, they don't know where they should actually research it. Should they contact the HR? There's a lot of unopen, unanswered questions that you won't easily find. You know, if you Google it. Um, so that's definitely the number one thing. It takes a lot of time if you want. To do this manually. Um, So, to combat that, I mean, that's the core of a double the donation is to make it take all of that time off of the plate of the nonprofit and really automate the process. So, Our database alone has over 23,000 companies. Uh, So we identify the companies that have a matching gift program as well as a volunteer grant program. Um, So really quickly, volunteer grants is basically, if you do have volunteers at a nonprofit, um, based off where the volunteer works, that company will basically give a grant based off of the number of... um, hours the volunteer has given to the nonprofit, so also a type of corporate giving as well, and we're able to identify that in our database. So so if you've got a volunteer who yeah. gives time
0: rather than, say, a monetary donation, based on the amount of time that volunteer gives to that nonprofit, the corporation will actually give a cash donation to match volunteer hours. That's really cool, too, especially in and you know, we talk a lot about uh, ladder of engagement, the nonprofit ladder where people come into relationship with your nonprofit at, at different areas. It used to be the idea of this ladder would be, hey, you start, maybe you visit at an event, and then eventually we want you to become a donor. But I think the way we think of it now is you can come into relationship with a nonprofit at any level. Maybe you just read a blog post and then you donate or you read a blog post and you volunteer or maybe you're an advocate and then you volunteer. Or So it's it's kind of good. Not everyone donates. Not yeah. everyone will donate.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: nice to be able to have those, those options.
1: Yeah, definitely. And of course, um, more nonprofits, some may be focused on giving while others, it's like oh, they want more volunteers or they're very volunteer focused as a nonprofit. So it's great that um, companies offer that type of program and uh, also you're able to identify that through our database. And uh, the second, I would say reason that holds some nonprofits back from starting you know, a matching gift um, program an initiative really is—they uh, don't have the team-wide buy-in. So, this is probably the number one um, issue that comes more frequently with medium to larger nonprofits um, within the United States. So, they maybe the. Corporate giving team or your IT team, um, you know, when you start to have different departments, they all have to have buy in. Your communications team, they all have to have buy in into matching gifts in order to see success re- with it, really, because it should be incorporated in terms of the way you market matching gifts and volunteer grants. It should always be incorporated in. All of the different fundraising appeals that you have—that's um, really the only way your donors are going to be aware of what matching gifts actually are, and they're going to be directed to search for their employer, and you know we'll take care of providing them with the correct information. So. Well, let's talk about
0: that for a second, right? Because normally, well, not normally, but uh, in general, a nonprofit will have a fundraising form, right? And they'll create a form and it asks for basic things like name, address, and things that your credit card processor will need. And, and maybe you have things like bequests or a fund, a special fund or an, an honorary donation, things like that. How does How does double the donation fit into that when you're working matching gift programs or when you know, let's say I arrive on your fundraising form, and I don't know if my company has a matching gift program. how How does that kind of work, and how do you you know make that process more efficient?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, we're always looking to expand you know our partnerships um, with different donation platforms. Uh, the reason, our clients see success is because they've incorporated our streamlined search tool in the donation form itself. So as a donor is giving, they have the opportunity to easily search for their employer's name. And it's Simply just a field um, that it's going to auto populate, um, take into consideration, you know, spelling errors, things of that nature. And then after the donors completed their donation on the confirmation page or thank you page is where we'll present them with the correct forms and guidelines. So it's really ingrained into the donation process. um, And that's where more donors are going to be identified as match eligible. Up to forty percent during the donation process, and easily they can submit their request rather than delaying that process even further. You know, the donor is going to be motivated, especially when they're giving um, to see. Oh, like my employer has a matching gift um, program. Like, let me just submit it right now, and so I can get that over with. You know, Um, yeah, they'll they'll feel encouraged during the. Giving process.
0: It's true. When we talk to nonprofits about um, making the donation process more efficient, you know, a lot of times we talk about don't ask for extra things that you don't need. You know, if you don't need someone's blood type, don't ask for it. <laughs> you <laughs> yes, put all these yeah. extra things on a form, and it exactly. slows the process down. And you know, the same thing with with gift matching too. I think if you take in these donors, and then you're waiting on the backside, well you know, we had a thousand people visit our page and a hundred of them donated. Now we have to go check if they, you know, have a domain or the company that matches up with their work and, you know, do they have met? But if you do it on the front end, it's, it's exactly. just so much easier. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. It, it's all about making it easier for the donor and for yourself too, you know, nonprofits have so much, um, it really doesn't matter the size. I think definitely as you grow, Things get more complex, but um, if you could take some many hours away from doing all that extra and extra time on the back end, um it's all about making it easier and streamlining it.
0: Now, you mentioned just a few moments ago um, when you kind of integrate. The double the donation employer search into the donation forms. You mentioned some statistics, and I'm wondering um, maybe you can elaborate more on. I'm always curious, you know, how many nonprofits out there, you know, work with with uh, double the donation, or how many employers. I mean, you mentioned you have 23,000 uh, employers in the U.S. in your database. I'm just wondering if there are other, you know, statistics that are just interesting around the gift matching programs that you might have.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um to, you know, off definitely I would say in terms of the percentage of nonprofits that are actually incorporating matching gifts. So, in terms of the number of clients that we have, um it's definitely over 5,000. Um but taking it looking at like the bigger picture, um just within the United States alone, there's uh, on av- uh, over 1.5 million 501c3 nonprofits, uh, but a very small percentage, I would say five percent, have a detailed matching gift program. So, they so that
0: little, just a just a few percent that has exactly. kind of gone through the process of figuring out the paperwork and things like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. And um, on the other side of it with uh, employers having a matching gift program. So 65% of Fortune 500 companies offer a matching gift program. Um, and then about 30% of small to mid-sized companies offer a matching gift program. So it's- um, There's a, a lo- huge
0: disparity there. There's exactly, a, there a, is. There are tons of companies that, and. and- just those Fortune 500 companies alone, you're probably talking about millions of employees around the country. And then with small businesses, and then the difference between the small number of nonprofits that take advantage of that, I have to imagine there's a lot of donation money left on the table.
1: There is, yeah. So over 26 million individuals um, within the United States work for a company with a match and gift program. And um, in terms of, you know, What's the matching gift funds that are getting unclaimed per year? It's four to seven billion (laughs) dollars matching gift funds getting unclaimed. So that That is a lot. Yeah, that figure just (laughs) blows my mind because it's like that's money left on the table that could do so much for, you know, nonprofits to take advantage of. Um, Right. So it's it's really important and it's a great investment um, as well just, you know, five to ten percent of a nonprofit's total individual contributions are gonna be match eligible. So if you could increase, you know, the revenue that you see year over year by five to ten percent, it's it makes sense to invest time into that, um, into matching gifts in general.
0: Yeah, that's a huge number. And yeah. and something <laughs> really that's simple, right? It it doesn't take um a ton more staff. It doesn't take, uh, creating this giant program or really expending, uh, too much in in the way of funds and, and people power, uh, especially because that stuff goes unclaimed and it's already out there. It's just, it's amazing. It's, it's got, it has to be one of the easiest ways to increase fundraising without really doing a ton of work.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're still in a pandemic right we we um know someone or may we we may have been affected by the pandemic you know financially um so as a nonprofit i know the it could be a sensitive topic it still is um but when you're thinking about okay still in the pandemic, maybe financially you had to cut your budget, maybe in half, you know, that's a common conversation that I have with nonprofits even till this day. So how can we maximize the revenue that we currently have um, and not ask our donors for more money, but really identify who's match eligible and present them with the correct information so they could, their Donation could be doubled, so it really makes sense, and it's really strategic um, as well. When you think of like financial, like economic changes that are that happen, um, such as like an ongoing pandemic, um, and then you know, by nonprofit too, based off of the size, you'll have different seasons on a calendar year. So maybe you have a slow season the first half of the year and maybe during end of year is where you see the most revenue um, for your nonprofit. So it makes sense to strategically focus on matching gifts during the end of the year when you see such a high increase in gifts as well. So those are well, just some talk, things. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's
0: talk about that, right? Because we're we're coming really close. I mean, we're <laughs> yes. releasing our uh, Giving Tuesday guide next week. Uh, and we do it every year, and it's it's a pretty long guide that gives communication tips and gives tips on what people can do to increase their Giving Tuesday. But, you know, right after Giving Tuesday, of course, is the end of the year. And I, I think you mentioned very accurately that, that some donations uh, or some nonprofits live and die on their end of year giving. It's just that much of, uh, of their budget. So maybe um, – you know, let's, let's talk about the importance of um, donor engagement and stewardship, especially through end of year giving.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, you know, at least 30% of annual giving comes from um, end of year for a lot of nonprofits, no matter the size. So, it's extremely important to, if you're not thinking of it, not planning towards it, to start planning because uh, just like you said, Giving Tuesday is around the corner. Um, So one great promotion that um, Double the Donation is offering is we are providing our services free from November 23rd um, to December 7th. And really all nonprofits are able to direct their donors to a link on our website where our plugin would be available. so it gives a nonprofit the opportunity to market matching gifts during that week, and you know ultimately is going to help um, increase revenue for the nonprofit. Outside of that, when you think about okay, what should my um, end of year appeal look like? Uh, it's really you have to set goals for your um, team if you are a whether you're a smaller team or a larger team. It's good to look back on last year, so 2020, and look on what you did well, what you didn't do well, and how can you improve within this year. Um, Also, improving the donor journey as well. So you should always be thinking about that year round, but especially during the end of year, because... A lot of people receive emails during the end of year. Of course, you don't want to bombard your donors with too many emails, but you want to be strategic, um, especially when you think about uh, first-time donors, because you'll, you might have an increase in first-time donors in the month of November, December. Reoccurring donors, you want to remind your donors, um, specifically reoccurring donors, uh, that their really the total number of gifts that they gave across the calendar year could be matched um, as well, especially if they work for a matching gift company. And then for major donors, they should have a uh, completely different and more personalized outreach. So maybe you're going to give them a call um, thanking them for their gift within the calendar year share your impact story, share, you know, the story of your nonprofit, the vision that you have for it. So your donors get really invested and continue to contribute to your nonprofit um, year over year and specifically during the end of year. It's always about like consistent communication. And if you have a donor journey, even if you didn't have it, you know, for the last um, nine months within 2021, but you start to plan for end of year, it couldn't me- make a huge difference. Um, because I don't know about you, but like, when I give to a nonprofit, I always love to hear what, you know, my contributions, what they're going to. Um, some nonprofits, uh, they, that I've given to, I received a thank you email um, initially, but I don't receive any communication about what they're doing, even if it's a quarterly basis or, of course, end of year. While others, I see an email um, every month talking about their impact. And it's a great reminder like, oh, I haven't given to this nonprofit in a while. Like, let me do it, especially during end of year. I just feel extra charitable. (laughs) Um, So those are just, you know, some things to think about when you're, um, planning for end of year.
0: We, we talk about this a lot at, at salsa about writing thank you letters and donor acknowledgement. And, and, you know, you mentioned donor stewardship and, and that's a big part of it. Everyone likes to get thank you letters and thank you cards. And, you know, certainly for donations, it's appropriate. You mentioned something that that was interesting to me that I haven't thought about in the past. You know, you, you kind of have this focus on, uh, Future fundraising, you know, what's coming next? We're looking at budgets and worrying about our budgets for next year or whatever. But um, you forget that, you know, some of these uh, gift matching programs will roll up donations that happened in the past to, you know, I'm sure they won't go back 15 years, but, you know, uh, and that's really interesting. I think sometimes nonprofits either forget about that or, or don't realize that. Maybe if you have some recent past donations, you know, run a report in your fundraising CRM like Salsa or whatever you're using and, and, and look at those and see if you can identify uh, corporations that, that do match. And then that could be a really good segment for outreach to people letting them know hey we've got this gift matching program and your thing might qualify and you know that kind of stuff i i think that's a a great way for people to kind of maybe get started in a really kind of low stress way where you know these people are already given it's probably not too much of a stretch to to try to figure out that gift matching
1: yeah exactly um if you're able to identify maybe the top 10 to 20 companies that your donors work for and have uh, more of a strategy on, you know, really marketing that to your donors, sending a newsletter about that, um, especially since, like you said, most companies are going to, their the donations that they match will only be within a calendar year. So most of the uh, the timeline is like, End of December, or sometimes they gave a grace period for the end of January or February. That definitely varies, but um, yeah, it's all about strategy. Uh, you know. So even yeah. if you're heading
0: into August, you know, check. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. You could go back to January. That could exactly. be a, a significant number of donations for for a growing nonprofit.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's it's super, definitely important to do that. Yeah. yeah
0: maybe talk about, um, you know, what, what does the paperwork normally look like, right? We we always hear that gift matching programs have a lot of paperwork. The employee has to fill out the paperwork. The employer has to fill out paperwork. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, what, what, what kind of paperwork is typically involved? Because I know sometimes em- employees will ask, um, maybe talk a little bit about that and then talk about, um, could, because I, I believe um, Double The Donation handles a lot of that for you.
1: Yeah, so in terms of paper submissions, the good news is that um at least 70% of companies have electronic submission. So, more and more companies year over year are moving towards partnering with a corporate vendor like Benevity, Cyber Cybergrants. Those are typically the top 3 vendors that companies will use to manage their match and gift program so that really, the donor has to log in as an employee and submit their matching gift requests electronically. Um, but, you know, there is going to be still 20 to 30 percent of companies that still have a paper form submission. And typically those companies are going to be small to medium um, companies across the United States and also within Canada. So um, in terms of that, it. Yeah, to be transparent, it is a bit cumbersome. Um, Although double the donation doesn't handle that, we do still provide the correct um, forms, uh, paper forms, where the typical process is for the donor to submit a portion of the form. Then they have to send that to the nonprofit through an email, typically. For the nonprofit to submit the remainder of the form and then the nonprofit submits it to the company typically by email as well or they have to mail it in so it yeah it takes more time uh, versus a electronic submission where after you know 30 to 90 days you can log in as a nonprofit to see the status of that matching gift request. With a paper form, it's different um, and it's a delayed process. So, uh, yeah, but the good news is more and more companies are moving towards electronic submission because they, they get it that it is cumbersome for everybody. Um, <laughs> it's
0: easier for them to have exactly. you know, that whole process be yes. done electronically and, and almost automated, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, less paperwork for everyone makes everyone happy. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's great.
0: So Iman, if, a organization, if an organization were thinking about starting a, a corporate gift matching program, what are a few things that you might recommend they do?
1: Yeah, so there are a couple of key takeaways that I would recommend. Um, the first thing is, definitely identify um you know who is going to be in charge like the champion of this effort it's going kind to like take like the
0: champion at their own organization exactly. right mm-hmm. someone yeah. who'll kind of work through that process got it
1: yes yeah or a team um effort too it, it probably will take multiple people, depending on the size of the organization, of course, but it's always important to identify who's going to be in charge of this um, and what support they're going to need as well, because starting it is, it's a a heavy lift, Um, so it's important to make sure your internal processes um, in terms of like, okay, when matching gift funds actually are received, who is going to handle um, that Received the received funds and track it. Uh, so, all of that information um, is important to identify early on. Uh, the second thing I would recommend is uh, identifying, looking at the past on have we even received matching gifts in the past? Who were those donors that submitted a matching gift, you know, without us even having to market matching gifts um, to them? And the importance of that is to see really where your baseline is um, to see, uh, you know, how did they actually submit their request? Was it electronic? Um, Was it a paper form? Things of that nature, just so that it's really a good starting place to see how you can improve on that. Um, Third thing I would say is, just like I said, earlier with like corporate vendors, more companies are using on electronic submissions and the top three vendors being Benevity, Eurocause, CyberGrants. Um, it's important to make sure you're registered with those vendors as a nonprofit organization um, so that you can receive the funds electronically and it's just an easier process if, so it's like setting up a bank account exactly and
0: if those if, if those vendors have corporate partners and your uh donors basically match up they kind of work on the paperwork with you that kind of
1: thing yes mm-hmm. yeah great yeah um also the same way that you are hopefully consistently um communicating with your donors outside of matching gifts, it's, it's important to incorporate that as well. Um, so if you know what your donor journey is, how can matching gifts play a role into that process? So as they're giving, um, are they able to identify who their employer is? After they give, are you presenting them with the correct matching gift information if they are match eligible? Is matching gifts even on your website? Like, if I go to your website right now, um, am I able to find some information about matching gifts? Do I know what your organization's EIN um, is or your mailing address if I have to submit a paper form? If that's not easily accessible, you're making it, you know, ten times harder for the donor um, to do that. And you know, some a donor that takes additional time, even if it's 10, 15 minutes um, outside of giving to um, submit a matching gift request, you want to make sure that the process is streamlined and easy for them. Um, And then the last thing I would say for starting a matching gift program or improving your matching gift program for your nonprofit is look to automate the process. Um, Like we said at the beginning, you know, five to 10% of your individual contributions that you receive annually are going to be match eligible. And uh, there are so many companies are offering matching gift programs. They're ex- really expanding programs too, now that more companies are hiring again. Um, they're looking to be more f- uh, philanthropic. So now that you understand the the good investment that matching gifts is if you do have the funds um go invest and uh, connect with a matching gift provider so of course, there's double the donation um I talked about it <laughs> throughout this, but uh I definitely think if you can make it easier if you have the funds to it saves you so much time and you can strategically follow up with those match eligible donors, um, outside of like, cause we send emails to donors too with our software 360 match pro. So yeah, those would be the, the key things that I would recommend for starting a matching gift program.
0: You mentioned earlier as we mm-hmm. were chatting that, um, between, and let me see if I have the dates right. I was taking some notes while we we're chatting. November 23rd through December 7th, which really covers the bulk, right? It's a week before this year, um, Giving Tuesday is November 30th. So you're covering a week before for giving people links and stuff all the way to a week after. So you're, you're offering, or Giving Tuesday is offering their plugin for, f- Giving Tuesday, I'm sorry. Double the <laughs> Donation is yeah. offering their plugin essentially for free so nonprofits can see how well uh, corporate gift matching works for them. So, is is there a link that they need to go to to get that? And we'll, you know, if you tell us now, we'll also make sure to include it on uh, the podcast page at at Salsa, so anyone can basically look at the show notes and get the link to that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh dot forward slash tips forward slash giving hyphen hyphen Tuesday and then forward slash um so great that 's yeah. perfect and we'll
0: <laughs> we'll add that to the the show notes as well and we 'll okay. have a link on our podcast page that way. People can find it and, and link over and see how it works for them. Um, SALSA has been partnered up with Double the Donation for some time, and I know a lot of SALSA clients use gift matching with Double the Donation, and, and it's worked very well for them. So we have nothing but good things to say. Um, Iman, thank you so much for joining us. And before we before we go, we'd love to know what organizations or organization that that you um, find particularly interesting and maybe organization that, that you're supporting this year.
1: Yeah, of course. Um so of course I work with a lot of nonprofits. Um I would say the top 2 nonprofits that have a special place in my heart. Uh number 1 is March of Dimes. So I've uh, have a premature had a premature um niece. She was born what at week 28. Um yeah, so spent a lot of time uh, within the NICU, um, but March of Dimes, their presence was seen in terms of like they sponsored a lot of the items at the NICU. Um, And I just love, they're a client of ours, but um, outside of that, before I was with Double the Donation, I just love the work that they do um, with, you know, empowering mothers and babies um, to be you know, as healthy as possible and support as well. So they've, yeah, I I love that nonprofit. Um, The second March one, of
0: Dimes, March of Dimes, MarchofDimes.org. We'll put that in the, yes. in the show notes as well. If there are listeners out there that that uh, same as you care about uh, yeah. young mothers or or preemie babies and the support that March of Dimes gives to mothers and children, MarchofDimes.org. And you mentioned the second one, or you were going to mention the second yes, one. I yeah. before I rudely interrupted <laughs> you. Sorry,
1: that was <laughs> no, okay. Um, and the second one is American Heart Association. Um, I so. Again, making it personal. Uh, But I think that's what it's all about when you think (laughs) of nonprofits. It's um, a personal, yeah, personal experience, connection with the nonprofit. So, yeah, uh, in terms of American Heart Association, two of my parents um, diagnosed with um, high blood pressure. Uh, So, of course, the great thing is with that diagnosis, um, really able to. Turn that around with you know healthy eating habits, um, moving around more things of that nature. Uh, so I love what they stand for. Um, I love the educational piece, um, the support as well. I I think really in a lot of businesses um, that I have gone to, they're always like, oh, would or, or do you um support? American Health associate Heart Association. Um, and as a client now that I've been with Double the Donation, they've been uh, nothing but a joy to work with. Um, so, yeah, I think with both of those nonprofits, it's it's an easy ask, like any even before the end of the year to support them. Um, so yeah, those are the two near and dear to my heart.
0: American Heart Association has a super easy domain name to remember, just yes. heart, heart.org. That's it. Very yes. easy. Well, uh, well, thank you again. Thank you so much. We appreciate you doing this episode with us and, and giving some information and education to our listeners on, on gift matching programs, which is always such a huge uh, request for us. So thank you much for joining us, Aman, and we yeah. appreciate your time, and, and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you for having me. This is fun.
0: That wraps up this episode of Tips with Salsa. Thank you to Double the Donation for joining us for a super informative show. If you're looking at starting or enhancing your own gift matching programs, check out doublethedonation.com. You can also visit the Salsa blog at salsalabs.com forward slash blog, where we've written about gift matching best practices uh, several times, quite often actually. Links for both of those resources are going to be in the show notes for this episode, along with Iman's favorite nonprofits. You'll find links to March of Dimes and the American Heart Association. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.